Thank you. Well, that was just an amazing summary of the great work that has happened in and through Andrew and Thina the last couple of years. And that is part of the reason that we are so excited for what lays ahead in their ministries. And we know that behind all of that is a calling, that God had called them to not only come to here to West Meadows, but to certain uh, skill sets and abilities and opportunities as well. And, and to speak perhaps a bit more about that, I want to introduce uh, Terry Fawson to the platform here who's going to share from God's Word for us this morning. Uh, many of you will know Terry. He is the regional minister of, uh, of our conference here in Alberta. Uh, has been with us many times in the past, and uh, I've always appreciated your ministry, brother, and thank you for being with us to share in this important day. Oh, thanks for having Thank me. you. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love to be here. I uh, feel, as I say so many times, so much at home when I'm here at West Meadows, and uh, I'm really privileged to be here specifically on this occasion when we uh, officially install someone, a couple of pastors who are already, as we just discovered, fully engaged here in ministry for some time already. The idea of installation feels kind of mechanical when you stop and think about it. Something you might do with new software or a piece of bathroom equipment or something like that. But of course, within the context of, of the church, an installation service like this is really a high time for the church, an exciting time because it positively affirms gifted people, gifted leaders, such as Pastor Andrew and Pastor Athena, along with their spouses, that they're particularly called to lead, which really in the kingdom of God means particularly called to serve within the context of the church, specifically for the strengthening of the church. In fact, that's precisely what the Apostle Paul is explaining to some of the earliest followers of Jesus when he wrote to the church in Ephesus saying, for the good of the church, for the health of the body of Christ, God has purposefully called certain individuals to be set apart. What to be set apart for purposes of, in particular, to equip. Set apart to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ can be built up. And while this is the express purpose of our celebrations today, the focus of our occasion today should also serve to remind all of us that, of course, we are all called, we are all set aside for God's purposes, God's kingdom purposes. We're set aside for the privilege of working alongside of our Lord as change agents in the world that's all around us, the world that you and I know fully needs transformation. This is today to encourage all of us that we sort out ourselves with our Lord, the gifts, the passions, the opportunities that are yours, mine, in the service of our Lord. So really, this exciting day of celebration should give all of us reason just to pause and to reflect upon the nature of calling, in particular to underscore the simple but profound truth that calling assumes listening. 
In particular, we want to look at a, a passage of scripture this morning in the word of God, that very, very familiar account in the life of Jesus where we observe Jesus setting someone apart, where we step into the process of how Jesus was calling, where we hear Jesus purposefully calling someone and where we discover that that someone was listening. We read about this in Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11, where we're introduced to the most incredible fishing story of all time, hence our display here today, where the miraculous drama unfolds as an amazing number of fish are caught but also as one of Jesus' earliest followers is caught. We read in Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 5, that when Jesus had finished speaking to the multitude from the fisherman's boat offshore, he said to Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Notice in this that Jesus was calling and that Somehow, Peter was listening. We read in verse 5, Simon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your bidding, I will let down the nets. Now, at first glance, we're inclined to say, well, of course, Peter was listening to the Lord because he was right there, right next to the Lord. This is really important because Jesus didn't have to somehow catch Peter's attention. He didn't have to send some kind of supernatural memo out to Peter, make a spiritual appointment with Peter. Peter was available to hear from the Lord because Peter was close to the Lord. Which begs the question, how did Peter get that way? How did Peter get close to the Lord. Well, essentially, Peter was close to Jesus because Jesus had come close to Peter. We read in Luke 5, the first three verses, that one day as Jesus was standing by, what, by the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats there, left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And off from the shore there he sat down and taught the people from the boat. In this it's clear that it was Jesus who moved towards Peter. It was Jesus who got into Peter's boat. He stepped into Peter's life. Now, of course, for Peter, that was a bit of a disruption in his day, kind of an intrusion into his agenda, into his life, because first of all, Peter was at work. He was still cleaning up after a long, frustrating night of fishing. We're reminded in verse 2 that when Jesus stepped into the boat that morning, Peter and the other fishermen were washing their nets. While Jesus was close, Peter was doing what he always did. So he had to actually, in having Jesus come close to him, he actually had to deal with disruption to his routine. Peter had to deal with disruption to his busy, 
or tiring or boring but predictable life routine. First Peter was at work. Second Peter was among peers. Can't you just hear some of his fishing buddies floating on by that boat saying, Hey Pete, what's with the guy in your boat? Peter had to deal with disruption to his reputation, to his status among his peers. Third, Peter was, shall we say, a bit rough on the edges. And he knew it. He even admitted that he was after that miraculous catch of fish saying in Luke chapter 5, verse 8, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Peter had to deal with the disruption to his very identity, to how he saw himself, how he saw himself as a sinner, as someone who misses the mark, who shouldn't be around such a holy person. Certainly, Jesus was close, but, but to listen to the Lord, Peter had to deal with just how disruptive that was. And friends, as it was for Peter, so it is for all of us. Now, when it comes to listening to the Lord, Jesus still takes the initiative. He is the one who still comes close to us. He moves our way. He steps into our lives. But to hear his voice, more than anything, we must deal with how that impacts our lives. We must deal with the distractions of life we must reckon with the busynesses and the, the tyranny of the urgent in life. We must watch out for the boredom of routine, the sedation of fatigue. We must stare down the noise of peer pressure. We must come to grips with who we really are and who we really are not. Because it's, it's one thing to be close physically, geographically to our Lord. It's another thing to be close relationally, attentively, to be close enough to really listen. Listening to the Lord assumes that we are close to the Lord. But of course, that is a huge assumption to make and, and not because the Lord is far away. Indeed, the scriptures are persistent in saying that the Lord is with you when you are with him. So the question that begs when we hear that in the scripture over and over again, the question that begs is, are you? That is, with him. Are you close enough to hear his voice? Or are those normal distractions of life which make listening to the Lord feel like some kind of impractical, mystical, spiritual exercise in the way of listening to him, is there some noise in your own heart which blocks out the voice of the Lord, which mitigates against hearing the call of God? Because we all have that call, you know. Sometimes we just need to pull away for a period of time, maybe an elongated period of time, to be quiet in silent places, maybe in places of solitude. We maybe need to be fasting, which means putting certain things aside that are distracting us in life. In order for us to hear his voice, we sometimes need to just pull away and then regularly 
fervently pray alongside others to test whether or not we are actually listening to the voice of the Lord or to our own thoughts and ideas and preferences. And then to measure the validity of what we're hearing from the Lord over and against the word of God, which is the plumb line that we all need. Friends, there's no question that the Lord is speaking. The Lord always is speaking to us. The question which remains, are we close enough to hear? Peter was. In fact, Peter took listening to a whole extra level. Peter took listening from hearing the Lord's words to obeying the Lord's words. As we've already noticed in Luke chapter 5, verses 4 to 5, when Jesus had finished speaking to the multitude, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon Peter answered and said, oh, master, we've been up all night, hard working all night and caught nothing. But at your bidding, I'll let down the nets. A little grinding of the teeth, maybe. Now just consider for a moment what it took for Peter ever to agree to that suggestion. He was a seasoned fisherman who knew that the best time to fish was during the night, not in the daylight hours. And as a tired fisherman, he had already been up all night fishing and there was no results. And as a frustrated fisherman who had just finished washing his nets for the day, as the scriptures tell us, he was thinking about a coffee and muffin, you know, or a bagel or something and a place to take a long nap. Even the thought of going back out again at the recommendation of a teacher may have made him a little bit wonder. But the amazing thing is that he did give that fishing thing one more try. He did listen. He responded. And so the question is, why? Why did Peter do that? What moved Peter from being attentive and polite to being active and responsive? I mean, perhaps it was simply because Peter was honored or impressed that this rabbi would choose his old stinky boat as a pulpit, which then begs a question, what did Peter really know about Jesus? While we know that Jesus had been traveling around Peter's neck of the wood for a while, we read in Luke chapter 4, just one chapter earlier, verse 31, that Jesus came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath days. And we know that Jesus' reputation as a teacher and a worker of miracles was growing. We, we read in Luke 4, verse 37, that the report about Jesus was getting out into every locality in the surrounding district. But I think most significantly, we know that Jesus had also touched Peter's life in a very personal way already. We read in chapter 4, verse 38 and 39, that Jesus arose and left the synagogue where he had been teaching and entered Simon's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they made request of Jesus on her behalf. And standing over her, Jesus rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she immediately arose and began to serve them. <laughs> now, I, 
I think there are way too many mothers-in-law among us here today to ever make any mother-in-law jokes. So let it be enough here to say that when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, things got a whole lot better in Peter's life. Just let me just say that. You know? And as a result, Peter probably got a whole lot more receptive to this, this stranger who impacted his life. In so many words, by the time Jesus was giving Peter some early morning fishing advice, Peter had seen enough of this Jesus of Jesus' love, of Jesus' power, to take a risk again on that rabbi, to, to expend the time and energy, to, to consider Jesus' suggestion to go back out fishing again, to actually engage in Jesus' words. By the time Peter and Jesus pushed off from the shore that morning, Peter had seen enough of this Jesus to listen to the Lord, to be open to the Lord, and open to the possibilities with this Lord. Peter had seen enough of Jesus to be open to Jesus. And the question is, have we? Because that is precisely when the miracles happen in our lives, through our lives. Listening to the Lord assumes that first we are close to the Lord, but second, that we are not closed to the Lord. So what does it take for you and me to be open to the Lord, to be, to be receptive to his possibilities? What does it take to grant him room in our lives, to have him exercise his love and power in us and through us? What does it take? Inevitably, it takes trust. That shouldn't be coming of any surprise to any one of us because it is trust that forms the basis of all relationships, isn't it? And it's trust which is imperative for any relationship to keep growing, right? In fact, it is trust which we actually most often identify in the scriptures as the word faith. And in the final analysis, we know from the scriptures that it is our faith in God, our trust of God, that leads us to obey God. That's why the Word of God declares that without faith, it's impossible to please God because we don't obey Him. We don't do what He asks of us. So as you and I assess our openness to the Lord, are we really open to Him? This is really a matter of us assessing our trust in him. Perhaps like Peter, you are just beginning your trust relationship with the Lord. As, as you've observed him maybe at a distance, as seeing him working in the life of someone else you know. Perhaps like Peter, your trust of the Lord is significantly progressing as you discover him in your boat, so to speak, already operative in your life, very close, very active in your day-to-day. -day. But perhaps, like Peter, your trust of the Lord is about to take a huge leap forward, or it needs to take a leap forward, as he's speaking with you about something which is challenging you, something that's stretching you, something that's not that comfortable for you, which feels risky, which 
may not even be fully making any sense to you. The question remains, have you seen enough of Jesus to be open to him? Do you trust Jesus enough to be open to his possibilities? And to what extent are you and I prepared really to listen to the Lord, to respond to what he's asking us? This listening is, is an active, obedient listening, expecting us to carry out the word of the Lord. Not to be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, to practically respond to his will, to his agenda, to actually do whatever we've been hearing from him, to actually be responsible to what he's saying. That is to be listening with integrity. Really, listening to the Lord is simply all about our readiness. So are you ready? As it was when Jesus spoke to Peter along the shores of Galilee, it's the same today that he is speaking. He is. He's speaking into the hearts and minds of men and women, young men and women, the world over regarding his love. He's speaking regarding his salvation, his his service in this world, his heart for the people of this world. He's speaking personally and persistently and purposefully so as to affirm his presence, clarify his purpose, and facilitate his power, his life-transforming power within history among his human creation. But if we're ever going to hear him, we must remain close to him, and we must not be closed to him. We must be listening so as to know what the Lord is saying and then to respond to what he is saying, to respond to the call. Are you ready? I so much appreciate the readiness that's being affirmed today with the official installation of both Pastor Thena and Pastor Andrew. A readiness which they have demonstrated already. You know that in responding to the call of God in their lives and to the call to serve specifically in and through West Meadows. Our Lord has called a great pastoral team here to this congregation, to this community of faith. I also want to say that I have also been blessed by your lead pastor, Pastor Mark, who has clearly responded to God's call. In, in, in this church, when someone like Pastor Mark has so responded to God's call, we identify such a one as being ordained, because that's the word called in the language of the New Testament. Someone who is called is ordained. Perhaps it's time to move towards Pastor Mark's official ordination. If you think so, maybe it's time to talk to some member of the board or something like that, because takes that little bit of a nudge. But today, the question that keeps begging in my life, in your life, are we ready? When God calls us tomorrow morning to maybe just step across the line of relational distance to that other, whoever that other may be, maybe a stranger that you see at the supermarket, maybe it's a neighbor that you've known 
for 45 years. Perhaps it's a family member. Perhaps it's someone that you've been praying about for some time. Are you ready? When he calls and says, I want you to engage in this ministry or that ministry, or when someone is, is asking for some help in and through what's happening, this great community of faith, and, and you feel that tug and you're going, oh, that's uncomfortable. Ooh, you know, and the Lord says, yes, but I'm specifically asking you, are you ready? Lord Jesus, as we listen to you calling Peter centuries ago, somehow it starts to echo into our own lives in our innermost as to whether or not, well, if we were in Peter's boat, his situation, would we respond, Lord? We have seen you working. We've, we've noticed your work and your power and your love seeping into the lives of others and in our lives. And sometimes, Lord, we celebrated but, but not responded. So, Lord, I pray this day as we celebrate response and obedience to call, that you will specifically be tugging at our own hearts about what it is you yet want to do in our lives while we draw breath on this planet so that we may be your instruments wherever you plant us. Thank you for those who you have called specifically to equip the saints, equip us all as, as your people, as your followers, giving us ability to use the service and the gifts that you've given us. We particularly ask you bless those that have responded to that equipping call. But Lord, would you so speak to us all, we pray. As we do, we pray, Lord, in your precious name, thanking that you've loved us with an everlasting love, saying we love you too, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name. Now I'd like to invite Pastor Thena and Pastor Andrew to come and uh, join me here at the platform and uh, we will do something that I think is not just ceremonial but is poignantly important in what we are all about as God's people. may be seated for in case you don't know this is pastor andrew this is pastor thena just I, I, I just <laughs> let's appreciate them that's indeed that's the case no lack of confusion on that part um, we are very very pleased that we have uh, this special opportunity to officially install them in a capacity that they've been operative for some time so i'm going to start with Pastor Andrew, okay, yes, you stand now. Yeah, you have to stand, you know. And, um, and actually, I'd like all of us as a congregation to stand because we are in this together. This is something that we will respond to together. I'll ask Pastor Andrew a question, and I'll ask the same of you a similar question, and you please respond. Um, so, as we have officially 
come together today in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord, the head of the church, to officially and prayerfully install Pastor Andrew Crossman into the ministry of this church and, and congregation. I would ask you, Pastor Andrew, it is our belief that the calling into full-time ministry is both of God and of the church. Do you believe that you are truly called to this particular ministry as pastor of discipleship and outreach to seek to fulfill the purpose of God among the people of West Meadows Baptist into the surrounding community of Edmonton? If so, please answer by saying, I do. I do. Congregation, do you believe that Pastor Andrew Crossman is the man whom God has brought into this time and place to be such a pastor among you, a leader for your various ministries for which you've called him to fulfill? If so, please respond by saying, we do. Pastor Andrew, having been called as a minister of Jesus Christ and having accepted this invitation some time ago already of West Meadows Church, do you solemnly pledge that you will serve this church and congregation continually to the best of your ability and with the enablement of God? If so, say, I do. I do. At this time, I would remind you that like our Lord, you have come here not to be served, but to serve. I think you understand that. To keep yourself at all times in true devotion to your calling, will you seek to practice daily the faith you now again profess publicly in ministry, administer yourself with purity, proclaim the truth in love, and endeavor at all times to accomplish the mission of this church? If so, please say, I will, God being my guide. I will, God being my guide. Congregation, as you have formally called Pastor Andrew Crossman and honored his acceptance of your invitation to come and serve among you, do you solemnly pledge to uphold Pastor Andrew and his family in prayer, affirming his leadership with support and cooperation joining hands together with him in faithful fulfillment of this ministry and mission? If so, please respond with saying, we do. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, Pastor Andrew, and I'm now going to ask Pastor Thena to stand now, please. Thank you. We've also come here today in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord, the head of the church, to officially and prayerfully install Pastor Thena Ritter into the ministry of this church and congregation as you have understood it to be described. Pastor Thena, it's our belief that the calling into full-time ministry is both of God and of the church. Do you believe that you are truly called to this particular role as pastor of family ministries to seek to fulfill the purpose of God among the people of West Meadows Baptist Church and in the surrounding community of Edmonton? If so, please say, I do. I do. Congregation, do you believe Pastor Thena is the person whom God has brought into this time and place to be this pastor of family ministries among you, for which you have 
asked her to fulfill? If so, please respond with saying, we do. Pastor Thena, having been called as a minister of Jesus Christ and accepted this invitation of West Meadows Baptist, do you solemnly pledge that you will serve this church and the congregation ongoing to the best of your ability and with enablement of God? If so, please say, I do. I do. At this time, I would remind you also that like our Lord, you have come not to be served, but to serve and to keep yourself at all times in true devotion to this calling. Will you seek to practice daily the faith you profess? Administer yourself with purity. Proclaim the truth in love and endeavor at all times to accomplish the mission of this church? If so, please say, I will, God being my guide. I will, God being my guide. And again, congregation, you have formally called Pastor Thena and honored her acceptance of your invitation to come and minister among you. Do you solemnly pledge to uphold Pastor Thena and her family in prayer, affirming her leadership with support and cooperation and join hands together with her in faithful fulfillment of this ministry and mission? If so, please respond by saying, we do. Amen. Please also now stay standing, Thina, and join. And I'd like to invite members of the board to come forward as we have opportunity to lay hands upon them and to so affirm this blessing in their lives, this blessing of being installed officially and affirmed in that calling to which God has called them, to be equippers of the saints who are you and I. And I invite you to, as they lay hands upon them and pray that you can reach forward and lay your hands forward upon them. Even online, please, please do that. Let's pray together. Father God, holy is your name, Lord. We thank you for your righteousness, strength, and wisdom. You have called every single one of your children for this specific purpose, and we gather here together to witness and participate in this installation of Thena as Associate Pastor of Family Ministries. We humbly acknowledge that Thena was placed here by you, and we recognize and affirm this. And we praise you and thank you that you have chosen Thena 
to be a shepherd of the families here in West Meadows Baptist Church. Father, we ask that you give Athena strength, power, and understanding to teach your word, to share this in the family ministry, building relationships with you as a center point. Father, we ask that you give Athena a clear direction for her ministry. Give her sharp discernment so that your Holy Spirit will be seen clearly working here in West Meadows. Lord, strengthen and protect Athena's family. Thank you, Lord, for their faithful and so very clear support. Please protect Thena and her family from the evil one. God of hope, may you fill Thena and her family with all the joy and peace as they trust in you so that they may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, please continue to bless Thena with true, deep, sustaining friendships, friends who will hold her up when she is tired, friends who will help carry her burdens. And Lord, may we as West Meadows Baptist Church body be faithful in our prayers for Thena. May we always be encouraging and supportive of her in her vision of family in your church. And Lord, I love what you say to us through Paul in Romans. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We pray this blessing upon Fina in Jesus' wonderful holy name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, as I consider my prayer this afternoon, I, I think of a word that Pastor Mark had shared this morning and that we sang about faithfulness. When we consider the road, the journey that we've been on, in, in, in seeking out uh, the associate role. Um, we've, we've taken some twists and turns and uh, weren't, weren't sure of, of where things were going, Lord. But we knew through it that, that you were steadfast, that we, uh, that we could have hope in you, that we knew that you had a plan and a purpose. Uh, we just had to, to lean into you. And you are faithful. You have been faithful as we look through, look back over that time. Your faithfulness, your plan, your purpose, the things that you were unfolding, we see. Uh, we're excited, Lord, for the potential uh, for Andrew and Thena and how they can impact community both within West Meadows and within the communities around us sharing that new life with Jesus. We're so very thankful for the process. We're so very thankful, Lord, for where you've led us. And we're so thankful, Lord, for where you're going to lead us through the ministry of Andrew and Thena and Pastor Mark and all the, the leadership and, and those involved in ministry, God, meaning all of us. Uh, we lift them to you, Lord, and we just pray that your hand be upon them, God, that you would order their steps, that you would in equip them, Lord, and strengthen them to do the work that you have planned for them. We look to you, Lord God, in praise. We look, for you, look to you, Lord God, with excitement. We look for you, Lord God, knowing that you are good and great and your ways are amazing. And we're so very thankful. 
praise you, Lord God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And Heavenly Father, over Andrew and Thena, I pray for your strength. That they would walk with steady, confident strides into the ministry you have ordained for them in the days ahead, knowing that you have called them, you have blessed them, you have placed them, and you are walking with them. But I pray for peace of the spirit that is within them, that over the days ahead may hold that they would never have a moment where they question or doubt the presence of the Holy Spirit with them. But I pray for endurance, that they would run the race well until they hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray for protection around them, Lord, and their families, that you would keep them and their families from temptation, that you would keep them, Lord, from, from stumbling, that you would keep them from those things that would come against them to seek to steal the ministry that you want to do through them and in them in our midst. Protect them, I pray, Lord. And I pray for the joy, Lord, the joy of ministry, the joy that comes from knowing that, that they are those who have been called by your name to proclaim the hope, to proclaim the love, the grace, and the truth of Jesus Christ to a world. I pray, Lord, that they would feel the joy of your spirit as they stand on the front lines of bringing people into your kingdom. And, Lord, that all that they do and all that they say, that they would be honor, bring honor and glory to you, to whom we pray. To whom we declare, we pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, whom we declare to be your Son and our Savior. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Perfect. Okay. Well, a wonderful time of prayer. Um, as, as, as a bit of a token of our appreciation um, uh, on behalf of leadership, the board, the church, um, we, we have a couple of gifts that we, we want to give to, to Andrew and to Thena. Um, the board spent a lot of time kind of going back and forth, the executives specifically, in considering gifts uh, for them that we wanted really to be a reflection of their personality, a reflection of their heart, and, and really be a, um, a, a daily reminder to them of our appreciation for them um, and, and just something that would bring them joy as they think of uh, the wonderful job that they have, a, um, uh, that, that they're fulfilling each and every day with those that they minister to. So Pastor Andrew, I'll start with yours. Why do you do that? <laughs> a little bit of a start. And Pastor Athena, uh, yours as well. And so we're very thankful uh, to them both. And, and what we wanted to provide them is pieces of art that, is, uh, that are really sort of custom and individual to them both. Um, just to give them something, like I said, as that special reminder to them daily. So thank you both so much for all that you do. And we're really excited for, for all that you have in store. Um, in as you serve.
Well, thank you so very much for this extremely special moment and a wonderful day. And I thank you to all of the congregation for the confidence that you have in both Andrew and I, and that's expressed so often. And I do just want to have a moment to give a special thanks to my family, uh, in particular, Matt, my husband, as Terry alluded, it certainly is a, a combination. We minister together, and I'm so grateful for him and all the ways that he makes it possible for me to do what I do. I also am so grateful for my children, Keanu, who's not here with us, but Matika, who is. And uh, years ago, Matika gave me a Mother's Day gift that she made, and it said, I love my mom because she helps people. And that was so encouraging to me because it kind of gave me permission <laughs> to sometimes, in a sense, have to kind of sacrifice some things on the home front so that we can be available to our, our church family as well and to the community. I also just want to say thank you to our wonderful and amazing leader, Mark, and for all of the staff that we get the privilege of working with and for all of the preparation that went into today to make it very special for Terry for coming to be with us, for the board and for those uh, just uh, amazing times that you are always there to support us, for all of the volunteers and for that wonderful just compilation of, of words through the video earlier today as well. Um, I felt so very loved and encouraged today. My love language is words of affirmation and it's been nothing but that today. So thank you to all of you. It's great to have a cause for celebration. Um, later on in the summer, Ju July 5th to 8th, we're having camp celebration for our VBS. And so we love to celebrate. I'm looking forward to just ministering to everybody in the church and community that way and to all of the other things to come. And finally, I just want to say that uh, I'm just so grateful for the strengths that God has blessed me with so that I can do the things that, that he allows me to do as I'm called here. And also just knowing that in those times when I'm weaker, we all have each other. But most importantly, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that's just a part of my, um, just a portion of scripture that makes up my life verses. Thank you. I just first want to note that this is leaf colors. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, appreciate you throwing me that. Um, but also, I, I first want to acknowledge the fact that um, I, I wouldn't be standing here on stage at all if it wasn't for God and his call in my life. And so first and foremost, the only reason that I'm here is because God called me here. And so I, I was very reluctant in accepting my call to ministry but God pursued me wholeheartedly. And so I truly am thankful to him, but also thankful to all of you here who have uh, affirmed that in me. Uh, I also want, obviously want to thank my wife who's supported me throughout the years, um, a lot of years. You can hear more of our story over coffee. That's always my catch um, if you want to hear that. Um, and so it's been, it's been a great blessing. Um, I've kind of grown up in a church setting, in a church family, and so... Um, to be able to lead and have that calling affirmed by all of you is, is super meaningful to me. It's not just something we do, but it, it truly does affect me. Um, so thank you for that. And go Leafs. <laughs>